Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama finale cast. Yes, the the fourth season of Riverdale has been unfortunately cut short, though. To, I'm, to, to be, be fair, fair, this episode kind of worked. Like a writer tweeted about, it and he was like, "It'll do as a finale." There's a fun cliffhanger. Well, I mean, not only that, does, not only does it seem like it works, it seems like if they had those other three episodes. I could kind of pick out what they would be because this the show has so many episodes that end in these rough single like boom cliffhanger. That ne- next episode wouldn't address the cliffhanger, and you'd be like, "Why are we not discussing the thing that just happened?" <laughs> I feel like we should talk about this, this more. This season is almost over. Why are you guys going on a road trip to Greendale? Yeah, so I mean, let's let's even think of last season. Last season ended with all of the farmies disappearing. And the next season, they finish that plot line in three episodes. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even two episodes. Well, because one was Luke Perry Andrews being dead. That's true. So <laughs> it's not unheard of them doing this incredible, like, boom, cut, uh, done, this is the end thing. And then we'll pick it up next season. Here's three episodes. And now we're done. So. It's going to work. So are, are we going to get this thing where we're going to watch next season, have th- th- three episodes to finish the arc? And, and then, then they'll skip forward five years. Maybe? To get past college. Because if there's one thing we learned this episode, they're all going to different colleges. They're all, they are, Maybe? They are all, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in those next uh, three episodes. Um, yeah, no, they're all going to different colleges. If they skip forward uh, five years. They'll line up with they'll Katie They'll line Keen. up with Katie Keene. Um, I don't, <laughs> I do not know how I feel about that. I guess it it all depends on how it's executed. You know what? One Tree Hill did it, and they did it well. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's a, sometimes it's better to do that than to be like, all right, we'll find us some contrived way for them to stay together, or do these weird seasons of, like... Them apart, but, like, going to visit each other. And the then, glee seasons, if you will. And the thing is, like, if you aren't going to skip forward and you're going to find weird contrived ways for them to be together, you have to crush someone's dreams. You do. And sometimes it's not worth it to crush... Like, we... Though we like to see drama and intrigue and conflict... We also want to see our characters getting a win sometimes. And I will say the problem with Riverdale is very rarely do our characters actually get a win that lasts. Well, and not not only that, very rarely do are we able to grasp what they're going through in the real world. Mm-hmm. So having, like, this entire thing of them going to different schools, it feels like they may have discussed at some points... But it seems weird in this big teen drama emotional thing for them to to never broach the fact that they're all openly and going, we are going to different places. Except for, except for Veronica and Archie, who did have the... They had a little bit. And Betty and Jughead did have a scene when Jughead was going to Yale and Betty had no future. Yeah. Where she was saying, what am I supposed to do? Am I just supposed to follow you? But Or did Jughead say that to... Betty when she was going to Yale and he was dead. Honestly, both those things might have happened. <laughs> Which, you know what? You know what? That's... I think both those things, I think there is a scene, because we do know Betty pretended to be okay with um, Jughead going to Yale. Oh, that's right. But then I think after they did the whole, like. Switcheroo. Yeah, this is when Jughead was pretending to do his homework. He got upset at Betty. (laughs) So that they could have the fight so that the origin of love could happen. Man, it would have been great if maybe they, in the fight, had been like, you realize this is the same thing that we did before, right? 
You know, it's just the thing is like I know I know it's Riverdale. I know that this is normal kids in a crazy world. I know that this is Lynchian. <laughs> is that the premise? <laughs> but they are still kids. And in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, they still got to they were kids in a fantastical world but they still got to address like real teen issues yeah well the the thing that Buffy was very good at is that I never forgot those were kids in high school in this show they occasionally there's moments where you're just like oh right they're they are honest teenagers and this episode boy does it really feed into that I have so many feelings about this episode and we will take them as they come. Well, then let's begin, because this is Riverdale, Season 4, Episode 19, Killing Mr. Honey. Killing Mr. Honey. As this episode starts, I just want to remind everyone that I do in fact have a Bachelor of Education in high school drama and history. I have taught in high schools, I have taught for many years, and I am getting a Master's of Education in Educational Research in Adult Community and Higher Education right now. So I have <laughs> opinions about educators. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. I just feel like I have to position myself before we start. Yeah... I, I feel like I know where this is going to eventually go, but let's not hit there yet. Let's begin, as many things do, at the beginning, in which, for some reason, Charles makes his two uh, brothers and underage brothers and sisters watch murders on repeat. Charles has lost all of his FBI friends. They have all gone back to FBI headquarters. <laughs> yes, so. And now all he has is his underage siblings who are not related to each other, but are dating. But, and honestly, might, might be now just part of the FBI. They treat it like an actual job and people refer to it. <laughs> I mean, later when the FBI comes to the high school, who was called to join this FBIing? <laughs> the FBI agents, you know, Jughead and Betty. Where are their badges? All right, so they're watching the um, the recreation of uh, Jason Blossom's uh, murder with the actual Jason Blossom's murder, and then and then the, when they're talking about like what's like what does this mean? What's going to happen next? Betty's, Why have they changed the pattern? Well, maybe they're maybe they're escalating. Maybe they're working up to an actual murder. I'm like, wait, these aren't actual murders. No, I don't think they're actually murdering people in these videos. That adds so many more problems because people are like, oh, this person, this person, either it is a group of people with some of them being the actors or actors have been hired to recreate these things, in which case the FBI should look into that. Yeah, you could definitely find those Check actors. Check out Craigslist. The, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's very, very easy to figure out. Actors only have like a couple of mechanisms for finding jobs and it's like, Craigslist and the acting mailing list. It's infuriating list. to me that neither of them are like, oh, maybe it's a bunch of people with them pretending to be actors, or they don't... Because when they ask, what do we do next? All Charles says is, well, I guess we just wait. Which makes me think Charles has to be the bad one because he's such a bad FBI agent. Okay, Charles has... and Charles has to be the guy. He has to be the guy. It's because he's so inept at solving the crime... That he has to be the bad guy. But why? Why is Charles doing this? I don't know. This one scene, the first scene of this episode, made me lose my mind of how 
none of it makes sense. And the thing is, it's so, so, so easy to find actors. It is so easy to figure out how actors got hired for things. Well, yeah. As an actor, there is a very obvious paper trail. It's almost easier to just assume... To, for them to just say, like, oh, no, this is someone actually murdering people. I would have been more fine with that. Because it would have made more sense to me. Like, oh, they hired actors. We don't know how to find the actors. and uh, or, or them never referring to it clearly being a group of people doing it. There's at least two. Minimum two. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Minimum more than two. But the scene is also, it's, like, fairly lengthy and it's full of nonsense. It has lines like, our voyeur has become an arteur. And, well, what is this? Is this a warning? Or is this a rehearsal? It's the same thing, dummies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's It almost feels like... like Except for the fact that we know that all this stuff was shot beforehand. They didn't shoot anything else. This scene exists as a scene. It's not a weirdly cut together... Yeah, it seems like they were like, ah, oh, shoot, we gotta build this storyline in. So just make up a scene. Guys, improvise something. I will say one thing that we're gonna get into as we do uh, this episode is that we are aware that they did have to cut down, so... It's possible this actually may not have been the third episode, the third last episode. This could have been, like, the second last, or this could have been the penultimate. That's true. I guess they could have, because they shoot in batches, they could have mixed together two episodes. Yeah, so I want to be, and there's there's at least one moment where I think that's pretty clear. So I want to be aware, unfortunately, because we do not know exactly how it should have gone. We're going to try our best to be lenient. I, just, I think mostly comes to the... Uh, audience who's listening to us right now, be aware. We're going to go off of what we have in front of us. We are aware of the difficulties that they were dealt with. But to be honest, I feel like this product, yeah. this episode, seems pretty cohesive for the most part. It Much does. more cohesive than last episode, which it, really did seem like they were mixing a couple yeah. together. So Betty has more important things to do than FBIing. She's got to go to the high school <laughs> and she has to hand in the yearbook, which she has been pulling all-nighters to do. And Honey goes, well, there is no yearbook, for you are too late. <laughs> And Betty's like, um, and he says, yeah, it was due two days ago. And she said, no, I got an extension. I made, I made a deal with the printer that I got it to them by this afternoon. And he's like, oh no, I have to approve every single page that's in the yearbook. Not the yearbook advisor. If I were a good administrator, (laughs) there would have been a yearbook advisor and an entire team in charge of this. I wouldn't have just let this child fail. This this really does seem like he's essentially like, well, I reminded you just too late. So you understand failure. I taught you a lesson by being a bad leader. <laughs> so anyway, he refuses to um, prove the yearbook, so it's not going to get printed. And now, it seems to me like Riverdale High School only prints yearbooks for the seniors. And the yearbooks are in a cap encapsulation of the entire past four years. It does seem like that. It also seems at times that this school consists of eight students. And they're only seniors. <laughs> and <laughs> there are no other grades. Yeah. Um. Now, spoiler alert for what will come up, but this is going to be apparently the straw that shattered the camels back into a million pieces. Because Betty... Did her due diligence. Yeah. I mean, after she forgot about it for a year. I'm sorry. There should have been an academic advisor and an entire yearbook staff. This have not, I, should not have come down to one single student. Now, now, also, to be fair, the person who did that, though, was Mr. Weatherby, who we know is a bad principal because of the cult. He was, you know, there may have been no principal oh. when Betty 
I volunteered mean, to be in charge of the yearbook. I mean, for all we for all we knew, maybe this whole yearbook thing was going to be a plan from the cult that like I I, I can see that that um the cultist, you know, Chad Michael Murray, um just sort of throwing out a bunch of things, being like, Yeah, one of these things will mess with Bess with Betty. I don't know quite which one yet, but let's uh let's put her alone. On, on the, the yearbook, yearbook committee, because you know then... We're going to give her an entire staff, but it's going to be all farm people, and we're all going to disappear. So she'll think people are working on it, but they aren't. Ooh, messing with Betty! That's what this cult exists for now, I'm not sure why. Because <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't know that it was going to go the way it did. He had plans of the plans. I'm going to I'm gonna go forward believing that every bad thing that happens is actually the cult just... It was actually Chad Michael Murray being like, ha-ha, Ha-ha-ha. my chickens will come to be chickens. <laughs> So Betty is super broken up with a yearbook. Do you know what she's not broken up about, though, that comes from Jughead? Jughead got a call, Aaron. Oh, Jughead did get a phone call. He got a phone call. So it turns out that despite thinking he wasn't going to graduate and all the other things that are going on, Jughead took the time to apply to University of Iowa, which has the best writing program in the country, I guess. I mean, you know what? I uh, maybe maybe it does. I'm not gonna. I don't care. I, I could I could believe that. Why not? And for some reason, all of these children are able to apply to universities for spring semester. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I still can't get over the fact that Yale didn't give him his place back after like, he oh, wasn't dead. Oh, you're not dead anymore. <laughs> we're so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> turns out you're not. We're sorry. We can't accept you into Yale. You were dead once. <laughs> And we just, that's not Yale material. Yale doesn't take zombies, sir. You are clearly a zombie, sir. Zomb- we do not take zombies at our professional school. We are an Ivy League academy and we cannot handle a zombie outbreak. The scandal it will cause. We do not have precautions in place. We don't have plexiglass up. Everyone has so many brains here. It's just a terrible place for a zombie outbreak. Their brains are too big and too delicious, oh. Jughead. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Betty and Jughead do not mention the fact that she's going to Yale and he's going to Iowa. What uh, they do talk about is the fact that he is... Yale's not in Iowa, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> okay, I mean, I, I know it was because it's Ivy League and they're all, all pretty much all in, like, Maine. Yeah, except yeah. for Stanford, which is in California. Sweet. Uh, but no, she's broken up with a yearbook. And in fact, everyone is pretty broken up with this whole Mr. Honey... <laughs> What we should point out is that Jughead can go to school in the fall if he writes another story. Oh, yeah. That's literally... He needs needs just additional material. And, like, how did you get a conditional acceptance? Like, I just want to write more stuff, though. And he's like, but I don't have any ideas for stories. And Buddy's like, I have an idea (laughs) for you. Write about my rage about the yearbook. Yeah. So, because of this year, and man, this has been spread out over this season. Wow. Um, slowly, none of them can go to prom. Except for Archie and Jughead. Archie and Jughead, who are going to go uh, there on a date together. Now, Veronica does offer to print the yearbooks, which they should take her up on so they can still have but, yearbooks. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's all three that are like, well, we could solve this problem this way. And Betty's like, no, it's the principle and the plot the really p- demands that we be angry about this. So I like your problem solving, Veronica, but instead, maybe we murder Honey. Well, you know what you stop, Mr. Honey? We could kill him 
And I'm like, this is not really motivated. I guess they're doing the whole Dark Betty thing. But, like, even Dark Betty would never suggest this. She would just go strip to a song about how much she hates Mr. Honey. And, yeah, Mad World. Uh, I was going to say a slow version of I Want Candy. Oh, yeah. Uh, and for everyone else, they're just like, mm-hmm. Betty, that's silly. And then Betty's like, or we could just scare him a whole bunch. And then they 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 proceed to plan a plan that could only be come up by sociopaths. Um, it's like they watched that movie Jawbreaker. Yeah, I I, I wrote down they they're gonna jawbreaker, <laughs> Mister Honey. And they do jawbreaker him in their fantasy, though they do wear Stonewall jackets and Stonewall masks. So the fantasy. Um, just quickly go through it. Mr. Honey works late on Tuesdays. Why? Who knows? Oh, uh, whatever. He leaves the school at 9 p.m. Yep. Um, and so they're going to, they're going to approach him. They're going to wear stonewall, uh, jackets and, like, rabbit hoods. And at this point, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm following along. I'm getting it. And then does Archie? Archie is going to sneak up on him and punch him. Which and- means he's going to just run forward and deck Mr. Honey. And I'm like, okay, at this point... That's full on crime. Yep, that's not sneaking. <laughs> and even if even if he had come up behind him and knocked him out, like even if they were just like, oh, and we'll grab him and tie him up, I still would be like, okay, you're in prank territory. Yeah, you're, you're kids, and then you're gonna like say scary things and like <laughs> but, swirl chains. I don't no. know. Do what? Where do they go from this? They're going to knock him out, bring him to a cottage, and waterboard him. Uh, maple board him. Yeah, call maple boarding all you want. They're they're going to, to going to waterboard their principal to scare him so that he will leave town and never return. And nobody, nobody in this crew from Reggie to to Kevin, to who's Ke- barely in this Kevin episode. Is, Kevin isn't in isn't part of the the uh, whole. Deal. No, he's there because he says, um, "Oh, me and Fangs can't go to oh my god because he, of the tickling thing." Oh, you're right. He is there. The rest of his his um, but role. He's, he's not in the p- plot, and he's not in the book. Yeah, it's weird that Jughead decided not to write Kevin into, and his entire job for the rest of this episode will be running into rooms telling people what's happening in other rooms. <laughs> it's true, poor Kevin. But so their plan is to um, assault the principal, waterboard him, do. Uh, do what is I'm I'm sure at this point waterboarding is a federal crime except for if you're the government uh, but the thing is I can't imagine kids <laughs> kids come up with elaborate revenge fantasies but the thing, the thing is this is in line with the children from the show but because the stakes of this episode might as well have been called, Are You Ready for a Steep Decrease in Stakes? Because they're all mad at him because Mr. Honey was... Said they couldn't go to prom. And let's be clear, a lot of the things that Mr. Honey done are not great, not good. Like, like they're pretty they're pretty terrible. But, like, when they waterboarded <laughs> Penelope Blossom, she had been doing a lot of murders. Yeah, she fully tr- was going to murder them, try to murder them, succeed in murdering other people. So waterboarding her... It- it, this feels like the equivalent of them beating the crap out of Brett, where it's like... The, the, Which I didn't like. Now, Reggie, 
oh, Reggie, the um, the 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 voice of reason is like, <laughs> okay, guys, this fantasizing was fun. It's funny to fantasize about doing full on torture to a principal who we're kind of upset with. But maybe we just keep it reasonable and do a senior prank. I thought this episode was going to be one by one going through all their different ways that they were going to like get their revenge on Mr. Honey. Me too, and I would have loved that. Because uh, because it, it merely cuts to a scene where it turns out the prank is that he just super glued all of Mr. Honey's stuff. But that's revealed to be the truth. And you know what? This would have been a super interesting episode. You... I almost wouldn't have thought they were sociopaths if they all came up with a different elaborate fantasy of how to murder Mr. Honey. I w- yeah, no, if they had all done it. Now, I would have said <laughs> that in this case, going from, hey, let's waterboard this dude, down to, let's put glue on him. Like, man, you f- you flip those, man. Escalation. That would have been a cool episode of all of them being like, and then, like, here's the ways that we would... Uh, kill Mr. Honey. Because it's called Killing Mr. Honey. It and should be... that would have been fun. It would have been a good way for them to blow off their steam. And then it would have ended with yeah. them gluing him to his stuff and then getting their parents to yeah. save them. We have this one Um, we have this one line from Betty where Betty goes, goes, I still think we should have killed him. Which is not in character for <laughs> Betty. No, it's not. Betty, I almost wonder if this plot line was supposed to go out over a couple episodes. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jughead... Uh, taking this uh, and running with it because the only thing he knows how to do is write things his friends have done. So he is writing in Betty's room while she sleeps and he is writing their revenge fantasy. And Called Killing Mr. Honey. So <laughs> at, so what this episode will become yeah. is he will, will sort of go between his murder story yeah. and real life. Yeah. In his murder story, he uses all of his friends' real names. And I just think that these characters, these Riverdale kids who live in this world where someone is always out to get them, there is no way that Jughead would be dumb enough (laughs) to use their real names in the story. He would start it off by calling his characters Jarhead and Betsy. Yeah, it's... Like, why is he not even kind of trying to? Yeah, it... And it's... I mean, for for drama purposes. Well, not only drama purposes, I think plot purposes. Um, I don't want to get into it just yet, um... But yeah, he 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 he's writing the story. He uses everybody's real names. He even calls it killing Mr. Honey. And like he does say, Oh, late later, he oh. says, Oh, don't worry, before I send it to Iowa, I'm gonna change everyone's names. But why would you write it with their why real would you names? Start with their names. Like it's it just goes to prove that Jughead can only write the things that that and when I mean you're right from what you know, I guess. Um, but I also can't imagine, like, if can't imagine be like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> we're going to get this kid. Let's, uh, let's listen to the thing he wrote. Oh, he wrote this story about how they killed his principal because he mildly inconvenienced them. Well, and like when I was thirteen, so yeah. not eighteen, I used to write stories about my friends when we were in high school and like having fun adventures with boys. But I never called them by their names. I would just write character descriptions that were, like, really, really and, obvious. That... And, and really, if it came down to it, and he wasn't a high school student writing a, school, a uh, story on high school students killing their principal, it wouldn't be as, like, like, okay, I mean, I guess I get it. It's also not a real, like, he's just, he's, he's smarter than this. Well, and not only that, the story he's going to write is essentially Jawbreaker. Um, which is a story that actually has been done many, many times. So it's not even, like, new and novel. 
I guess he's just trying to show how skilled he is at, like, creating a world and ambiance. Which is and... true. He does have the other stuff in his, you know, quiver that he's standing up there. Um, anyway, so they're, uh, he's, he's writing the story. In um, the story, they lose Mr. Honey's glasses. He pretends he knows who they are. And then Reggie's like, oh, man, how oh, do damn you know it. who we are? <laughs> oh, Jughead, because this, I mean, this half of this takes place in Jughead's book, we can't really say it's these characters acting like this, but damn can we say it's Jughead's impression of these characters and Reggie in the story. Jughead, which it doesn't surprise me, Jughead used to be bullied by Reggie. Jughead hates Reggie. Jughead hates Reggie so much. He's an idiot. He's a coward. He's the weak link in everything. <laughs> you know, Reggie gets tricked by Mr. Honey's ploy. <laughs> oh, damn it. Yeah. And then Reggie does a whole bunch of punches. <laughs> And then Mr. Honey does something that is very in character for Mr. Honey because we have seen this on the show. He jokes about how Reggie is abused by his dad, which we have seen Honey do in real life. And that is another reason why Honey is a bad educator. Yep. In no circumstances is it appropriate (laughs) to tease a child because his dad is abusive, even if that child is a jerk. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) He did it in the Halloween episode. It's not just the book. He did. Um... (laughs) Anyway, Betty gets a text from Charles. She goes to meet Charles, oh, like, and Jughead keeps writing. She also says duty calls, like she had to go to her job because she's an FBI agent. Meanwhile, in the story, Honey does some manipulation on Cheryl. He calls her a follower. Because Betty and Jughead have a plan. We do find out that Mrs. Appleyard uh, panic attacked after being locked in her and office ju- and quit. I which... just feel so bad for Miss Appleyard. Yeah. Like, like here's the thing. Mr. Honey, you can wa- you can waver a whole lot on certain things he's done, certain things he hasn't done. But Miss Appleyard literally was brought in... To make a cheerleading squad into a cheerleading squad. And, and Cheryl was upset that she wasn't in charge, locked Miss Appleyard in a room until she had a panic attack. Now, to be fair, that does add some evidence to Kevin's theory that Weatherby was a bad principal, because in no way should he have ever left Cheryl in charge of that cheerleading squad well, no, all as stuff, a 15-year-old. All of this stuff is ramifications of Mr. Weatherby being a bad principal who just really wanted to be in a cult as soon as he could. And also to sell drugs to kids. It's true. That it, is not proven on the TV show, but you can't tell us it's not real. And not only that, it makes a lot more things make sense. He did let a hazmat team just take a whole bunch of teenage girls and was like, yeah, that's fine. Now, Cheryl does not rise to this bait, but she does tell Mr. Honey in the story that what they need is a video. On this video, he will say that he will give them prom back and he will... He will let them go to prom and promise never to punish them for anything again. Considering there's only like two months left of school and these kids <laughs> don't usually do bad stuff. I wrote <laughs> I wrote down also, there's like two months left of school and also, and that's not wildly suspect. <laughs> yeah, this video. Him tied up being like, yes, these these specific um, children are now allowed to go to prom again. And also, I'll never punish them for anything they do. They now have free reign of the school. And he says, you guys got to turn me in. This is going to ruin your lives. Yeah. Unless you turn me in. Yeah. In which case, you'll be in some trouble, but. Yeah. Uh, back in the real world, we learned that um, there's been another a death recreation. It's Midge. They gave Midge's mom a video of an actor playing out Midge's death. Yeah. I mean, they also... I 
Like that is. I guess they did give Cheryl's to Cheryl. Yeah, no, like, 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 to be fair, they've all been bad. This is not like an escalation. I they, just feel like they, giving they, this to Midge's mom is like. I mean, Jughead's is also rough, and and Cheryl's is also like. Although Jughead's wasn't necessarily going to him. No, it was going. I mean, that's they knew it would get to him. You have that's to know true. they knew it would get to him. But did they know that he was watching all the videos? I'm at this point. We have to assume that this person. I guess somehow we have knows to assume it's Charles. So. Yeah, <laughs> we assume it's Charles. We assume they know everything. Um, anyway, it's a video of Midge's death, and yeah. we find out that there was also a video of Midge's death in the Blue Velvet. Which leads into more of why it has to be Charles, because he's the worst um, one ever. Because they ask, like, oh, how, how did you get Midge's tape? It's like, oh, we finished raiding out the Blue Velvet. It what turns out Jason wasn't the only contraband back there. So and why are you not following up on every single one of those videos? Why aren't you talking to David, the guy who owns the Blue Velvet, who probably saw who came in and sold him the tapes. It's, it's just, it's, then Betty follows it up by saying, where is he getting these from? I'm like, he's getting them from the back room of the Blue Velvet. Even if he is not the one, like, this could just be a guy who went to the Blue Velvet, found these tapes, and decided to recreate them. True. Like, all the I mean, it's not. It's Charles, but... Yeah, who... who For reasons unknown. But that still means, But like, then why is Charles <laughs> including Betty and Jughead in on this? Yeah, well, I guess because they're in the FBI and he doesn't have a choice. It's... It's it's just... It, the only option is Charles is involved or he's a terrible FBI agent and Betty and Jughead keep on thinking they're such good FBI agents, but they're not following any of the most obvious, obvious leads. This show is confused about what it wants to be. Is it True Detective? Is it CSI? Or is it One Tree Hill? He's just a bunch of incompetent detectives being like, I guess we just keep waiting. It's not like we can talk to obvious suspects or follow leads. We just wait. In the story, Archie and Veronica go to check on Honey, but he's on the floor. And Veronica will not allow Archie to check the pulse because Archie has been proven to be bad <laughs> at checking pulses. That is the that is what I went with as well. Because Archie, don't, don't you're bad at this. I'm gonna check his pulse. Um, and then we cut back to Jughead, and they're asking, "Is he alive?" And Jughead thinks back to, to the <laughs> first day of school. Which I mean, it's very clear. It feels like there should have been another scene in here because Jughead's only interaction with Mister Honey's and being like, "This school will have order, and I will be strict." And Jughead's like, "Yeah, kill him." Boom. <laughs> so, uh, he's dead. Back in the real world. Honey's back at school. Kevin announces it. <laughs> yeah, we get we get our first mention of Kevin running into a room being like, hey guys, something's happening elsewhere. Um, Honey smells like turpentine because that's how they got him unstuck from his chair. Yeah. Although why he couldn't just take his pants off is a mystery. Yeah, like the hand, the I hand get. hand on the phone, but just like. <laughs> Take your pants off, dude. Cut him out of his clothes. Take your pants off. Um, anyway, he does an announcement. Yeah, and his announcement is the obvious announcement, which is that he's like, all right, guys, I'm just going to cancel prom. Unless the person who did this confesses, which I thought he canceled prom during the Hedwig episode. Um, oh, I no, think, he no, was only going to do that if everyone performed a Hedwig song. Yeah, uh, but instead he just stopped all of those people from going no, to prom. He canceled the variety show. He canceled the variety show, but he stopped... He um, stopped the Vixens from going to prom because he was mad when they sang Cherry Bomb. Stop! <laughs> stop oh, no, sexy! Sugar Daddy. She, she I, said Cherry she Bomb, She does say though. Cherry Bomb. When did they sing Cherry Bomb? Huh. Anyway, uh, they're not allowed there. <laughs> 
and we it is confirmed. Was cherry or was cherry bomb what they did after Apple Yard? Huh. Whatever cherry bomb was, Veronica did it because she also got banned from prom as a part of that. <laughs> Maybe it does not matter. Anyway, um, he's going to cancel prom unless the person who did it turns himself. And in. people are like, Reggie, turn yourself in. He's like, Hey, I had helpers. I look at, uh, yeah, and it's Kevin and Archie. My favorite thing is like, Reggie, turn yourself in. Oh, no, it's Kevin and Archie. We can't do that. Oh, no, we can't turn on each other. Let's just keep plotting his death. We need we need things strategically. So Betty says, well, we could blackmail him. Well, she says they're going to dig up skeletons from his past. Yeah, but you know what she means. Hey, these kids love blackmail. They do love blackmail. Cut to the book where Betty also says they have to stay calm. They're going to figure out why he's dead, but they don't. Yeah. Um, he just is. And this is the point where I realized, oh, man, you know what? I think this was the moment. I think this was the moment with the four of them standing in the woods around a burning fire saying, I agree with you. This is what that final scene was supposed to be. But then Cole Sprouse got cold. Yeah. So you're telling me the flash forward was going to be a book? It was going to be Jughead's story. I mean, unless if we get something in the next three episodes that reveals what it is, they're in the woods. Someone is dead. The four of them are there together. I do like when all the characters step forward and say what college they're going to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can, can you imagine reading that in a book where eight people <laughs> step forward and say exactly what college they are going to? <laughs> Thanks, Jughead. That's some good writing. Oh, also, they say who is an experience getting rid of a dead body and everyone but Reggie raises their hands. I don't think Archie has experience getting rid of a dead body. I think... He's thinking of when he helped Jughead and pretended he was dead. Um, did Archie help get rid of that boy in the woods body after Veronica's bodyguard shot him? No, because remember, Archie wasn't even sure he was dead. Did Archie? I was trying to think back to get the... rid of a bear. <laughs> Is he th- to thinking about? I was trying to think if he fought the bear. I was trying to think if he did anything in the mob. But no, in the mob he strictly was never like oh dead bodies i know veronica must have helped get rid of um of small fries yeah um betty got rid of the, the shady, the shady man. man did jughead help with getting with the, sh- the second time he helped getting rid of the shady man when they when his wasn't that fp and charles i thought jughead was in on it oh maybe i think Cher- it's... cheryl got rid of jason which cheryl that's not the same you you gave him a Viking funeral in the, in the river. Cheryl has assisted with several bodies, I think. Oh, I don't remember. Anyway, um, that is the Reggie end. Reggie is the only one left who has not gotten rid of a body. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that is the end of this segment of the, uh, you know, <laughs> book world, whatever we're going to call it. So Betty has done some research, and she has found out that at every school Honey has ever been principal at, he has canceled the prom. <laughs> now, this will begin... Um, a trend of where it really seems like Mr. Honey's thing is he really does not want prom. Like, he has a problem with prom. And my assumption is Mr. Honey was not invited to his prom. He invited some girls and they said no. But that's like wild the OC logic. Like, that's like that's what you would learn there. Be like, oh, yeah, no, he never got to his own prom. You know, if there's one thing we know about Honey... He hates fun. He thinks that all you should do with Hedwig and the Angry Inch is sit at home and listen to the recording. You should not sing and dance in public. <laughs> so then um, Betty's about like, well, then we dispatch the troops and tell them to tell the proper authorities. 
Why didn't they tell their parents from the beginning, Kevin? Why didn't their parents... Okay, they go and tell their parents. Why didn't their parents know? All this proves is that their parents have no idea what goes on at that school. Because how did your parents not hear the prom isn't going on? How did how did Veronica's parents up until this point not hear the prom be like, Oh, I don't need to buy a prom dress. I'm not going to prom. Well, Cheryl did suggest that they were going to crash the prom. Yeah, but that's... <laughs> It's, it, it is wild that it is up until this point, this moment right now, where they're like, let's tell our parents that we're not going to prom. Especially considering we find out that Alice is the head of the PTA. Well, okay, so they they the they tell all their parents, we get this scene that is far too intense of the is the three mothers at the Walking lead, in their high heels. Even though Hermione says nothing during the following scene. <laughs> Did Hermione have any lines in this episode? No. No, no, she didn't. Hiram did. Um, no, no, she <laughs> talks during the final thing. Um, anyway, they they walk down the hall. It's all cool. Everyone is... All the kids are way too smug. Like, like, like almost... Almost like the like the bad rich kid smug. Like, we told our parents. Which, to be fair, why didn't you tell your parents... I guess Alice knew that Betty was banned. Yeah. But, like, Alice could have fought for that before. <laughs> I, I think what Alice essentially learned is that now that there's other kids, she'll be able to get Betty back in because it seems like it's a trend. That's true. The other ones, because they reach the front, Mr. Honey is just standing in the hallway like he does, and we get a trio of attacks. So Alice pulls the PTA card, then Molly Ringwald Andrews explains that there's precedent that you can't just cancel the prom because yeah. you're mad at a kid. And that they could very well sue him, and she's a very good lawyer, and they would win. Yeah. Then Hiram pops up and is like, also, I know the governor. What's your problem, dude? Yeah, Hiram, who probably has the most pull, goes in the middle, just being like, oh, by the way, I'm also the mayor of this town, so no. And then Alice is like, also, my news story really likes, my news station really likes stories of and to be fair, this principal is singling out a lot of students. Um, eight. <laughs> no, because he also singles I out guess all the Vixens. I guess all the Vixens, all yeah. the Vixens, yeah. But, uh, like, he is acting... No, he's definitely acting... Not fairly. Acting uh, very irrationally. Um, and then, then Alice goes, also, as a head of PTA, this needs to be a vote. So, so let's vote. <laughs> and so, like, they go off... Um, <laughs> Also, Grandma Rose is there. Most, I assume because she's scary looking. <laughs> nah. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they, they say that's why um, FP and uh, Kevin Keller's dad, whose name I will never remember, not Sheriff Keller. Um, anyway, they're both there being like, we're the muscle. <laughs> like, thanks for coming along, dudes. You do look hot. Good for you. Can you imagine, though, if Luke Perry Andrews was still alive? He'd walk on up with his, like, you know, easy charm. He'd be like, look. Let's talk about this like men. Let's get to the root of your emotions and figure out what's making you act in this Luke, way. Luke Perry might have saved Mr. Honey. It's true. <laughs> anyway, um, so after all he's going through, which really it could have just been Hiram, um, they exclaim that the, the dragon has been vanquished. Meanwhile in the book. They have to bury Mr. Honey deep. <laughs> so his body will never be found deep. Yeah, I wrote down... Uh, a sentence I don't understand. I wrote down, Cheryl likes it. They're digging a grave for Mr. Honey. Cheryl likes it. Does she? I I, I thought Cheryl was already starting to act like a wuss in the story. Well, I also think that she 
wasn't there. I don't know why I wrote that down. Well, the next line is when we come back to the real world and Betty's reading Jughead's book and then Cheryl pops in and is like, hey, hobo, bride of hobo, let's go to Pop Tate so I can tell you some news. Yes, because they have to do a party because prom is back. This feels like such like the OC stakes because then it <laughs> continues with all their parents being like, you've been through a lot and we're really proud of you that you get your prom back. I want to point out, yeah. these kids have been through a lot and any educator who cared about children would want to work with these children who have been deeply damaged by the things that have taken place around them. Have they always reacted appropriately? No. But are there any adults teaching them how to react appropriately? Not really. I mean, I'll say also their parents should have some interest in that because their parents apparently don't know anything that their kids are doing. Yeah, I'm just saying these are children and their frontal cortexes are not fully developed. So uh, let's cut them some slack and teach them how to be better humans rather than just telling them to be better this, humans. This is a strange scene where they're where it's like, well, just to rem- remind everyone, you are you are teenagers. Remember your teenagers. I know you two are FBI agents and you own a couple businesses. Um, and Archie, you are. Going to the Naval Academy. Going to the Naval Academy. Uh, so you actually might be the most teenager. And Cheryl, you are a sociopath masquerading within the skin of a human being. But you're all teens in my mind. <laughs> hey, Aaron. Hey, Kevin. What have you learned this quarantine? Uh, we found something. Uh, the other day, we sure um, did. We sure did. We found the uh, the pilot, the original pilot script for uh, Riverdale. This was written, I think, 2015, so it was pretty close to when it was. So this is not the script that was aired, but this is like the the original the, the pitch script almost. Yeah, this might have been the script that they were doing just before they moved into the the shooting script. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this this might this I think this probably was written after because I think the show was actually pitched. With just a series document and then was written because the way that it feels like they would do that because it is just essentially just Roberto said, hey, let's do an Archie teen drama. Here's some things that I visualize for it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we read the script and it is it's some things are better. Some things are worse. Some things are clarified. <laughs> yeah, there are some things that now make like future episodes make more sense. It's it, like he forgot <laughs> Or someone forgot that these lines were not in the original pilot. Yeah, there's it in in this version. It's very very clear that Jason and Cheryl are not twins, even though that should be so clear because it's not a secret fact that Jason is a year ahead of Cheryl. They mentioned it in the pilot, but they're explicitly twins in yeah. the show. Yeah, they're referred to as they were conceived together. But like Jason is at least. At least Jason, in this pile of script we read, yeah. is older than our heroes. Yeah, well, because they, they explain that um, Archie is actually taking place in, var- like, the next year up. He is... he he's, is di- He's moved up. Yeah. It's also explained that Reggie's only on the team because his dad finances the team. <laughs> Moose um, is not smart enough to be captain, apparently. We find out that... Um, Alice and Hermione have a bit of, re- of a relationship, but Hermione is trying to do some investigative, or sorry, Alice is trying to do some investigative journalism. Yeah, I feel like that might have been a little bit in the pilot we saw, but then was quickly dropped and Alice wasn't. I mean, did she, no, she didn't get the photo no. of, someone just had the photo and gave it to her. 
And Hermione ends up getting a job from Luke Perry Andrews. Yes. In the does. actual TV show. Yeah. In this one, Alice is like, I'll help you get a job and was going to use that to find things out about her. Um, Polly is actually there from the beginning and she's living in the house, but she's like a weird goth kid now, I guess. So <laughs> Polly is 18, which yeah. means Jason has got to, like, Polly's in grade 12, Jason's in grade 12. That has to be the yes. truth. Yes. That's, that's not in debate anymore. <laughs> Which, you know, we've puzzled over that for many a year. I don't think we puzzled over it. I think we've just drawn attention to the fact that the show is inconsistent. Wi- wildly inconsistent within itself about what they what their entire thing is. Um, in the pilot script, we find out where why Betty doesn't know that Archie got hot, and it's because she was doing an internship with Judy Bloom. Well, she was at yeah, she was at some sort of publishing company, and she did a launch for Judy Bloom's book. Um, Archie in the in the um, pilot is a lot more broy. A li- uh, still just as like sweet broy boy, um, he-, he hears this like this classic YA base of, of, uh, advice that Betty got from Judy Bloom of being like, believe in your dreams and your dreams will believe in you. And he goes, that is awesome. But most importantly, there is a huge thing that is established in this pilot script that does not appear in. Any Riverdale at all. And remember how we read that BuzzFeed facts list? It is not on there. And that is a jughead in in the pilot script is deaf or at least wears a hearing aid. He's extremely hard of hearing to the point that he can turn his hearing aid off to close himself off from the outside world. Yeah, and Archie Archie learns sign language to communicate with with um, Jughead when his hearing aid is off, which says so much about so much about Archie and like it's it's a weird thing to to that they just like they decided like oh no we're not going to do that that and, character thing anymore. And it's equally wild that we have never heard this. This has not come up in any article. It's never because you hear all the things things like like oh Jughead asexual because he's asexual in the comics. But in the original pilot, Roberto was going to do something that Jughead has never been, which is hard of hearing. Which is super super interesting. Would have taken things in a totally different way. And we we don't want to say that like you know. Disability is a character trait, but it definitely would have fed into his character in a different way if he was also he needed a hearing aid. He and his best friends could communicate through sign language. Now, I wonder if some of it was the decision to cast Cole Sprouse because do. it's a little it's a little distasteful to cast a hearing actor as a non-hearing character. The, and but I in, but in a similar way, there it it kind of feels weird to also be like, oh, we casted someone who isn't hard of hearing, so we're going to remove change the character we're, completely. <laughs> we're going to remove this thing from the character. We're going to remove this this uh, show of like. Was it diversity the right term or um, inc- inclusion? Um, representation. Representation. That's the word. You were going to remove this thing, representation, because we didn't, because we couldn't cast an actor who. And let's be clear, Cole Sprouse was the biggest poll that show got. Oh, really. absolutely. And you know, maybe part of it has to do with Cole Sprouse wanting to play Jughead. We don't know. Yeah. This is interesting and complex, and I'm just surprised that we've never. No, it's never heard come any up discussion in a, about it in a BuzzFeed article about here's facts about you did not know about Riverdale. And maybe it's because it is so complex that you can't just address. Address it as like a point on a BuzzFeed article, but you think they would at least just say like, "Oh, in the original, in the original uh, uh, pilot script, uh, Jughead was hard of hearing, he and Betty w- was a character from Footloose." <laughs> Instead of pushing her fingernails into her palms, hand she would jump in front of trains, just like Footloose. So back in the story, 
Our characters were free. Yes, Honey is dead and buried. However, Reggie is very clearly freaking out. In this scene, I liked how they were talking about potential prom themes, and Veronica (laughs) thinks the theme should be The Beautiful and the Damned. You know, that F. Scott Fitzgerald book. Yeah. Which came up in Gossip Girl. I mean, Veronica has references. (laughs) Now here, in the story, Kevin comes running into the room and is like, Hey guys, news! Some adventure scouts found some glasses. The glasses belong to Honey. He's dead, not missing! Well, 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 it gives him a clue of where he might have gone missing. Maybe we should all join the manhunt. (laughs) Should we join the manhunt? And I'm like... Was Kevin involved? I can't remember anymore. He didn't say where he was going to school, so you know he's not involved. He's not involved in this story, but in real life. <laughs> but in real life. He was there when they came up with the story it's idea. Just, it's just so Also, I, in, in the story version, Archie is such Jughead's best friend. He, Jughead believes that Archie will just follow him wherever he goes. Defend Jughead to the end. I love this learning about how Jughead thinks about other characters. Meanwhile, in the real world, though... Betty loves complication. Yeah. Oh, she loves the complication. She loves the complication in the story. (laughs) But meanwhile. Yeah. Kevin also comes running in and goes, Hey, Mr. Honey wants to see you in the office. This is what I do. I don't have a character anymore, guys. I run into rooms and (laughs) why did he send Kevin? Yeah. He already knows how to use the The intercom. (laughs) Why is Kevin the one? Well, it's it's because he he is a parallel to the book. So, uh, over in Honey's office, Charles is there because they got a videotape. What is this 1940s nonsense alien TV that Mr. Honey has in his office? It is a full, like, I don't know, how do you describe this? It is a 1950s television. Well, it lives in the office. It's never been replaced. <laughs> Like, it's, it's, it's like a one brass stand, and the entire thing's a bubble. <sighs> anyway. So they watch it, and it's a videotape of the entire school. Which point, Mr. Honey goes, well, one could say that this might be a threat. I'm like, is it? <laughs> and Charles is like, maybe? I love the idea, once again, <laughs> that Charles is the one who's doing the videotapes, because it's so clearly Honey did this. Um, <laughs> and Charles is like, I don't understand where this tape came from, but I, I can't reveal it was me who made it. Yeah, Charles is like, look, this is clearly a fake tape. I made the other one. This is not... <laughs> I didn't make this tape, guys. It's a bad tape. I'm way better at videotaping than this. So, continuing with Honey's hate on for prom, um, he's like, well, I guess we're going to have to cancel all extracurricular activities and prom because this is a clear threat. Now, to be forever, Mr. Honey, it wouldn't be the first time there was a bunch of murders at a dance. It's true. It happened at prom last year. (laughs) It did. Which is maybe why there shouldn't have been a prom at all this year. If he were a good principal, if he knew that there were murders that happened at prom last year, but we have no indication that he knows that anything happened at the school before he arrived. Well, no, he knows everything that happened at the school before he arrives. It's like he's he's bad at communication. But he just doesn't care. You would think that he would look at Betty when she showed up late on the first day and would go, huh, you're the girl whose dad murdered a ton of people at prom last year and tried to mur- tried to murder you. We need to get you in to see the school therapist every day. The one the one thing that I do get from Mr. Honey as we as we'll go through there is that I I understand what they 
God, there, the problem is there's so many Mr. Honeys because it feels like their writing is so inconsistent. We'll talk about that. Anyway, Betty takes the tape. And Betty and Jughead and Charles go into the blue and gold because somehow she still has access despite being kicked off the newspaper forever ago. I mean, I guess it's, it's also the yearbook room. And I guess no one's on the newspaper staff without her, so. Exactly. Uh, meanwhile, in book world, Ed, Reggie is full freaking out. Yep, the jocks speculate on where Honey is, and... And Reggie's like, no, you, you think it's funny that he's dead? No, we didn't say he's dead. No, he's dead. He's fully dead. He has to be <laughs> They found his glasses, but they'll never find his body, and then because... Archie, then Archie freaks out more. <laughs> and I'm like, this is, you guys are, are bad at this. But the jocks are just like, huh, steroids. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, weird guys. Anyway. <laughs> Back in the real world, Betty is studying the tape very, very closely, and Charles is nattering about Chinese food. But then Betty sees something, and what she sees is Mr. Honey films a window, and you can see his reflection in the window. It might be a trophy case, but yeah, he films he films something in there that catches himself in in the uh, in the window. Which that was a moment where I'm like, oh, Mr. Honey didn't make the other tapes. Nope. Like, like, I was thinking that up until this point, he may have still been the one to make the other tapes, and he just made a special one for whatever his specific purpose was. Like, for some reason, prom had to be canceled for his thing. Oh, right. Earlier, we forgot to mention that they're suspicious about the taping a copycat, not just because they hate Honey, but because why is this person going back to filming places we know that he yeah. likes to make murder porn? Yeah, he's al- he's already escalated. Why would he de-escalate? So. Yeah. Uh, but they, but they uh, they caught Mr. Honey, and then the FBI has to confront him because at this point, you you implicated yourself as a serial killer. So that's not great. But it turns out they're not accusing him on all the tapes. They accuse him only on this because of his feud on them, and he's like. There's no feud. I've been trying to protect you. I want you to be ready to enter the real world. I will say the moment here where he goes, like, I need to protect you, feels like the most earnest thing we have seen from Mr. Honey. And that's because the actor is a good actor, not because the character is consistent. Yeah. Um, well, I because well, I think I think the way we can put it is that this thing he says here is truly what he believes. He does truly believe what, it. What he has done is its own thing versus what he believes he is doing. And to be fair, I am projecting forward because I know a scene that's coming later, so I shouldn't I should try not to project forward. Yeah. Mr. Honey really thinks that through his aggressive belittling and torture <laughs> of students cuz let's not forget he went to Cheryl's house and called the cops on a party she was having on her personal property. Yeah, yeah, he well he clearly wants to he, he, he clearly has a certain way that he believes things should go, and he is very rigid about it to the extent of, I mean... There's only one way to behave in the world, and that's the way that Mr. Honey thinks you should behave in the yeah. world. Uh, we, we, we go back into the book and learn that Reggie, poor Reggie... Has died. Has died. And Cheryl Blossom breaks down and sobs. Jughead truly believes Cheryl is the only one who would care about Reggie dying. Now... I don't know if it's because because Jughead secretly believes that Cheryl is weak. Cheryl is a bit of a delicate flower for a sociopath. Yeah, I, I do not. I I don't think she would like honestly think that Cheryl, the Cheryl we know, would freak out this much about Reggie because she was she was willing to. She's already killed someone. No, to be fair, I mean, I guess Tony's no Tony's actually killed her him. To be fair. 
Cheryl has not interacted with Jughead much <laughs> at all. Yeah. Since she tried to commit suicide in that lake. Yeah. They also don't know, like, they don't know that they actually did kill a guy in. Remember the whole Thistle House thing with her and Tony? None of them know about because that was this weird what thing that Cheryl was doing on her own with Tony. So the entire pretending that they baked um, him into pies to, to, to scare off her aunt and cousin. So I think this is actually very obviously what Jughead will think Cheryl will do, that she is the other weak link. And what is... <laughs> Notably, Archie is not a weak link. Archie is right on board with this scam. Yeah, Now, full. I am going to just sidebar. Interestingly, this portrayal of Cheryl in his book kind of lines up with the Cheryl we saw last week, who was scared of the maple syrup, biz- the maple rum business. Yeah, I'm... It's, Which it's, is weird. I'm trying to figure out if if the show did a very good job of writing the characters in Jughead's book, how Jughead would see them, or if the show's He's writers wildly are wildly inconsistent. No. I, I, because of how good these characters are to what Jughead is doing, I'm willing to give them the benefit that this is them being like, this is how Jughead sees these people. Interestingly, Jughead thinks that Veronica is the person who would turn on them. Yeah. Because <laughs> Veronica is the one who comforts Cheryl and then goes, yeah. what are we doing? Why are we doing this? What is wrong with you guys? Why would we cut Reggie's brakes? That is the most one, because I think of anyone who would think that Veronica is like pure mobster would be Jughead. But Jughead knows that Veronica was flip-flopping on Betty all over the place when oh, he was true. dead. <laughs> He's like, Veronica has already revealed her hand as at being a fake mobster. <laughs> It's just like the only thing I can think of is that that I know this isn't real Veronica, but it is so high and mighty like Veronica being like I the crime that I caused is so much you know so much better than you. I I never do these things that the mafia does like get rid of witnesses. <laughs> I don't get rid of weak links. No, I'm not. I'm not that sort of crime. I'm not, it's it's very Mr. Honey actually. It's true, and yeah. it's very on brand for Veronica. So they come out of the story, and Betty's like, oh, I see, we're the monsters. And I kind of like that Jughead wrote a story where he and Betty and Archie, because you, you, you do take delight in doing yeah. evil things sometimes, and he wrote a story where the three of them are so strong and so connected, and yeah. they're the ones who have like the strength to get through this mistake. And it's just interesting that Jughead needed to believe. Yeah. But, he, but he hasn't figured out yet how it's going to end. Is this going to be a morality tale? Is it going to be a dark comedy? Because um, he, he did do the thing where, like, oh, we are all the monsters, but where are we going? Betty loved... Betty, who's so afraid of dark side Betty, is weirdly cool with Jughead being like, yeah, you're evil. You and me. You and, and me. Archie. <laughs> the evil ones. They're like, this doesn't feel like the Betty who freaked out that much over any hint of darkness. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Kevin comes in the room one more time. <laughs> and he's like, hey, dead man walking. Honey was fired because he made a fake serial killer tape. Yeah. Which though, is a very bad thing to do. Though it does actually sound like he actually might have quit. Because as he leaves, he turns to all of the the main students, the real students, let's yeah. be clear. And is like, y'all realize this place is crazy, right? Like, like <laughs> you guys think you won, but it turns out I knew this was going to happen and I got a new job. Oh, yeah. He's going to pay three times as much. He's the new headmaster at Stonewall. There's a weird stinger when that happens. But 
good luck, honey, because guess what? Those kids are better at being sociopaths than the Riverdale kids. Yeah, but those kids, I also feel like if he if he hits them back harder, they'll be like, okay, We all respect right. this beating. <laughs> yeah, these, these ones, they're, they're like, how dare you come in and pretend... Say you want order, because Betty's, because what everybody was, murder, mayhem, depravity, this is not normal. They're, the things you kids are dealing with are insane. I'm no, just... he doesn't say the things they're dealing with are insane. He implies that they are the ones who are full of that. And Betty goes, well, we're used to it. And there is so much missing complexity about the fact that the world around them is having an impact on them, whereas Honey he, is definitely suggesting that it's just them who are bad. He also has this weird thing he said at one point where he goes, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to prepare you for the world outside of Riverdale. Like but, but Do you then, actually think any of these kids are ever going to leave Riverdale? Well, like, they need these murder <laughs> skills to survive in this town. But but later, but there's also the implication that Riverdale is supposed to be, like, the worst place. So why are you preparing them outside Riverdale if Riverdale is clearly the worst place? <sighs> it it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, everyone's sort of going around like, did he win? Are we sad now? And then one of the kids says in passing, no, no, it's fine. He's a psycho. And in pops Miss Bell. <laughs> Miss Bell, who has been silent his entire season, comes in kicking through the wall just like, what the hell? <laughs> How dare you, students? I've been here for 50 years and I've passed through eight principals, which is actually not that many. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> and he's the best principal we've ever had. He got scholarships for six underprivileged students. I'm going to explain three things to you. GPAs are up this year, which has nothing to do with the principal. And there are more seniors going to college than ever before, which also has nothing to do with the principal. Well, can I also clarify that there's no way that changed in one year, because apparently they did their SATs last year. Um, and and two, that may be more of a sign of how atrocious the former principals were. Also, okay, so if he cares about underprivileged, damaged children, where was the support for Archie? It, Why did he just call Archie in at the end of the end of winter semester and be like, hey, your grades pretty suck, you're not going to graduate. No consideration for your dad dying. No consideration for a mobster putting a hit out on you. No consideration for the fact that you had to run away to Canada and got mauled by a bear. If he cared about students, yeah. he would have actively supported Archie Andrews. He would have actively supported Betty Cooper. I don't really care about the rest of the characters. <laughs> he wouldn't have taunted Reggie for his dad being abusive, and he would not have TP'd a student's car. He is not a good principal, Mrs. B Mrs. Bell, you are a fraud. I and do, Riverdale, if you want me to believe this, I am going to... I don't know. All right. Two things. One, she is right about one thing. No one died this year. Two. <laughs> um, I mean, Jughead died for a time. That wasn't at this school. That was at Stonewall. Jonathan died. Who's Jonathan? The Black Power Ranger. He's, that's at Stonewall, Aaron. You cannot blame Mr. Honey for the things that go on at other schools that may or may not be in Riverdale. We don't know. Two. Um, <laughs> two. Mr. Honey is clearly not the same Mr. Honey at the beginning of this season. Because either this show is so bad at figuring out what is good, the morality of characters, because... They, they do this twist now, and let's just spoil the letter, because she says, this is a letter he wanted me to mail to the University of uh, Iowa. And it's very clear what it is, though they try to make it seem like... It could be a mean letter. No, it's clearly he wrote this glowing, absolutely glowing 
um, recommendation for Jughead. But the thing is that it's it's like they wanted him to be a red herring. They wanted him to be like, oh, he's mean. But they didn't know how to actually layer his actions. Be like, the things that he did were actually to protect you. That would have worked in any world other than Riverdale. It almost feels like he... When, when he's talking to me like, this isn't normal, he sounds like a character from outside the show being like, the things you are dealing with are so incredibly intense and insane that you should not be having to deal with them. But he doesn't say that. He says the things you do aren't normal. Yeah. It, it's it's this weird thing where like the show has essentially... I almost said like the show the show in weird ways has not made him bad enough to be bad, but also have not made him good enough to be this good. But also, it has not portrayed him as comp- like if if this ended with with them being like maybe maybe what in the end, Mister Honey is wildly complex, and I think that the things that he's done are terrible. His but- his 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 meaning for them might be good. But what does that mean in the wider scheme of things? And like, yes, when he hired Mrs. A- Miss Appleyard, that was good. When he stalked Cheryl to her house and called the cops in her party, that's the actions of an insane person. Well, and also the things and what he did to Reggie and him taunting Reggie and the things that it says that he that that they say that he did are also good. But the problem is that. It, it's like they, they create a character who is built to be a sociopath. Like, oh, then we're just going to tell him he did all these good things off screen. And the reveal is going to be these kids. It's kind of like the episode of Community where all of the main, the main cast learns that they are terrible when you look at them from all the other people who go to the school. But the thing is, when you look at them... Okay, so maybe it would have been better if it wasn't misspell. Maybe it would have been better if it was Monroe... Yeah. Who had revealed all of these things that Mr. Honey was doing to help him. Yeah. Like, he thought, you know, maybe he got in trouble earlier in the season because of something he was doing with the main characters. And then it turns out that he's been, like, working with Mr. Honey. And Mr. Honey set him up with a tutor. And Mr. Honey was the one who got the scouts to come in. And The, the, the main problem really would have been is that there's nothing they could have done in this episode Unless if they did wild, like, he was doing wild cosmic brain plays. Like, if he if he was somehow the one that saved Jughead from getting... Like, at this point, they really should have just given him things where it's like, oh, he actually fought the bear off last season. He was, like, he should have been the mastermind behind... He he led the kids to where Cheryl was went, fell under the ice. <laughs> I'm saying way, way back. He, he delivered Archie Andrews when his mom gave birth in a taxi. Like, they did not go far enough. He should have been some weird, overarching angel that did not know how to interact with people other than, like, by being incredibly rough to them. There should have been a scene after he was mean to um, Reggie where he sits in his car and cries, being like, why couldn't I have said the things that I meant? Instead, I taunted him for his father beating him. Like, my father beat me. (laughs) My father being angel dad. I tried to teach him a lesson by TPing his car. I went too far. What was I thinking? I was trying to teach him that actions have consequences. Oh my god, if it revealed that he was um whatever the guy from Quantum Leap was being like, "Why aren't I leaping yet?" <laughs> like 
the the character they set up, they didn't know how to set him up, and it almost feels like they changed halfway through that he was going to be the killer. Well, especially when they included that episode or that scene last episode where he was a creep going to the Scarlet Room. Yeah, that's what I want to bring in. This is where I think that this episode might have been over a few episodes because they might have been like, this is the moment where like, oh my god, Mr. Honey's the one who makes the tapes. And it's weird for them to the next episode be like, no, no, he was there because he was making sure it was actually shut down. Okay, here's the thing, audience. It is okay to learn that actions have consequences. It is okay to sometimes show tough love. It is okay to, honestly, as an educator, sometimes you do have to punish students for doing bad things. Yeah. It is not okay to have wild, wildly inconsistent reactions to things. It is not okay to take things away from children with no hope of them earning them back. And it is not okay to punish children for what has been done to them by the outside world. Now, yes, the parents of these characters have definitely let them down. They are not teaching them how to be good people. But these are children who have had mafia hits and bears attack them and people cut a pound of flesh off of their arms and who have been fake dead and whose dads have been serial killers and who have learned how to time travel to stop themselves from becoming the dark versions of themselves and also children who are Veronica. So what I'm saying is teachers and principals who clearly listen to this show, because this show has been directed towards teachers and principals, obviously, have you not realized that? We are specifically talking to teachers and principals. <laughs> this is how you, this is the secret reveal of what Mystery Assassin's and Abs is to teach you how to be a better teacher. And I just want to say, Riverdale... I'm not picking up what you're putting down. I, what you're putting down will stay on the ground. I will say, I originally thought when I was going through this, I was going to reveal that he was the one doing those things, and he had the mentality of, I must protect these people from the outside world. The only way I can do that is by killing them. That would have been great. I Well, the problem is that that's too close to the Black Hood. That's and true. And would have been a Black Hood repeat, except for his is more of a, you're, you're too innocent for the world, so I must kill you. We gotta move on from that, because we, really what it comes down to is that Jughead will... Read that letter, and then rewrite his story. Oh, yeah, it'd be So like, they do the right thing. They do this vertigo shot, he's like, oh my god, I gotta rewrite my story. Like, I don't know, he's like, I gotta do it quickly. I gotta do it now. Because <laughs> they might read my story on my laptop. Yeah. So he runs upstairs, um, he... He, he changes so that instead Archie and... I like how he's in the, in the change version. Archie and Veronica are the good guys who said he decided to call the police. And the fact that Veronica takes the lead on that is kind of wild in certain things, but whatever. Um, Archie's no surprise at all. But yeah. Jughead and Betty and everyone else are still kind of evil. So I'm I'm interested... When in his story, does he write all of the stuff, and then he, does he do like a wait? We thought we know how it was going to turn out, but it turns out actually they did the right thing. Or does he just erase all of the stuff and have them do the right thing? I think doing the I think I think adding that ending on actually would have been if, if I was thinking of this as an actual story that would have been stronger. I don't know what transition he would have done, but like the idea being like this is a story about about that about that moment and the decision that you make in that moment. That could have gotten him into the University of Iowa. And I hope that's what he did. But it really feels like he just rewrote it. Um, and then he talks about um, that he realized that he was actually getting way too into the darkness of this town, the suffering of others. Which I'm kind of okay with as a storyline. I didn't really get that that's what the storyline was, but... Yeah, know. I mean, I kind of got some of it, but it didn't... But that felt... 
The problem is that that didn't feel like that was Jughead's thing. Like, it was kind of his thing throughout the season, but kind of... It was it was too scattered. Too it was too scattered. Um, I do like that as an idea for this show, of them being mm-hmm. like, hey, you know what? Maybe we should agree that this isn't normal. And it's kind of a continuation on from what I think they thought Mr. Honey's thing would have been. Anyway. Anyway, Jellybean interrupts, because there was a new tape delivered. And it's a shot of a cabin, which somehow Jughead can instantly recognize is the cabin where Hermione killed Minetta, where they had their affair. And I'm like, how does he know? Oh, right, the trial, the whole trial thing. So uh, Betty and Jughead go there in the middle of the night. They roam around with flashlights, and eventually they go inside. I don't know why it's this cabin, other than the fact that they had a cabin. I mean, I guess, I guess... They knew it'd be empty? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I guess actually because it's the cabin that they use in in his book. (laughs) Ah, true. Anyway, they've been squatting there. They Um, being someone. Someone. Charles. They find a projector, and a cloth is clearly a way to show the stuff on the projector. But then there's also a TV and VCR. (laughs) Yeah, why? And also, there's power in this cabin. Once again, going off the idea that they're like, oh, it's an auteur who loves magnetic tape. They have a projector right there. All you had to do was turn on the projector. But instead, they're like... But not the projector. It's that VHS player over there. VCR is the highest level of art. The highest level of art. Um, so as they watch the video, a voiceover plays. And it's not a Jughead voiceover for once. It's a Mr. Honey voiceover. And he... The, the Mr. Honey in this letter is who I think they they think Mr. Honey should be revealed to be. But it doesn't reflect it. But this letter is glowing and actually very, very sweet. And almost makes you be like... I wish this honey is the honey that we ended up with. Now, I don't understand why the Mr. Honey we know chose to write this letter. I don't, I don't know, know why wh- Iowa wants it. I don't know why he sent it right now, and is Jughead not going to send it now? Because he opened it. And Jughead could definitely just put it in a different envelope and mail it. Anyway, um, as that's going on, we find out the newest recreation is... Jughead's Mr- story? Yes, Mr. Honey in a chair with the sign that says Mr. Honey, so you know it's him. And then a lot of people come in and all do the, you know, they, they Julius Caesar him real good. And they're all wearing masks of all the people who were in the story. So. So what? What? <laughs> what? So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. The other episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment when Logic put on a cartoonish mask that made it look like a character from the Archie comics and reenacted a scene from a fictional story? Drama. You know, I honestly, this... It's hard because half of it isn't real. Half of it isn't real, and this episode is so wild, and I have so many strong, strong, strong feelings about what they want us to believe. Because you have to choose the ones that are dramatic, not the, them just misunderstanding the education system. I know, but like that Miss B- Miss Bell scene is like one hundred percent abandoning all logic, abandoning all like Char- just, it's character ab- arcs. It's, it's abandoning character development, Aaron. We can't keep talking about the Miss Bell scene. We all understand that Mr. Honey was not done, was not written yeah. well. So, I mean, I don't want to talk about it more, but I can't pick a different scene. You just want to do the Miss Bell pop it in, just being like, how dare you? I mean, my only other choices are Charles being a bad FBI agent, so what do you want from me? <laughs> 
Okay. Did you pick a CW moment? I did, and it's that 1940s nonsense TV <laughs> that Mr. Honey has in his office that still works, that is around, that exists in this world, and it... <laughs> and I want to point out, he does not take it with him when he leaves. No. So it was in there, and there it will stay. <laughs> Why? I understand the sort of a- anachronistic thing that this show's going for, but that is too that is too much. That is anachronistic for when this was anachronistic. You know what would have been so good? So good? If they had wheeled in one of those carts yeah, the from elementary TV. school with the TV on the top and the VCR on the bottom, and you have to, like, plug it into the wall. Oh, full. It should have been that. It shouldn't have been this weird thing that I think if you touch it would burn you. <laughs> like, there's no way that whatever that, that thing is not sending out some sort of bad radiation into your body. Maybe that explains all of his actions. <laughs> he's got TV poisoning. I'm going for my he was an angel who doesn't know his own strength. So he's Castiel yeah. from Supernatural. <laughs> yeah. He even kind of looks like him. Did you know. See him wearing a trench coat? I would say that, that probably makes the most sense because he also he doesn't understand what like why certain things are like bad. And he's so attached to like his own morality. Yeah. Yeah, I think he might just be an angel. <laughs> like I I mean old testament angel. That's why he's like, Well, I TP'd your car because I can't turn you into a pillar of salt. I mean an eye for an eye. It's written in the good book. <laughs> Wait, like, that says an eye for an eye makes us all blind. Oops. <laughs> I, like many people, I read half of the quotes. I didn't move on, sir. I do. I, I mean, I would I would say that probably makes the most sense of why Miss Bell comes in like, he was literally an angel. I, why can't you children understand this? Yeah, no, it, it was, it was a weird accumulation to Mr. Honey. And I wonder if they didn't, if Roberto didn't decide to all of a sudden put in that whole Jughead dead plot, if we wouldn't have gotten more mis- Because he kind of dropped off for half the season. And and the problem is the things that he did, like him being a bad educator, sure, that should make the parents angry. But the kids aren't aware of what makes a bad educator. They're upset because the things that he did... Were mean to them. Were mean to them. And they kind of, like, half set up this thing of, oh, look outside yourselves to the rest. I mean, to be fair, for as far as we know, it's them and the Vixens who aren't allowed to go to prom. The rest of the seniors, because no one else is allowed to go, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Oh, man, the yearbook being clearly just a book for seniors to look at themselves. Over the past five years, four years. I guess my problem is they didn't, I think the show maybe didn't realize that they made him so much worse than they meant to mean him, make him. Like, I just, his actions to me are unforgivable. Well, I mean, uh, the the problem is that they're unforgivable in an academic sense. They're unforgivable in a human being interacting with children sense. And I know the show doesn't think that their characters are children and they give them the repercussions that adults would have. But the fact remains, these are children. These are 18-year-olds who need to... Oh, it's a TV show. Well, the problem, and the problem that it comes down to is that also he is someone who should be fired, but the show, and I, this is why I kind of want, want to like know if the audience of teenagers who actually were watching it, the idea that we're supposed to believe that these teenagers are like, oh, I mean, at least Betty, but everyone went along with it of we, we could, you know, waterboard him. And they're all like, yeah, because he was, because he, didn't let us go to prom, and he... I don't want to defend his stuff, because some of his stuff is so bad, but I also think back to the Hedwig episode, 
where he's really not that bad in that episode. But, but that's... he doesn't explain anything. No, And that's the thing. When you deal with children, you have to give them reasons. You can't just take their candy away. You have to tell them, you don't get to have candy because you stayed up until midnight eating all of your candy, yeah. and then you were a dick the next day. And and, you, and usually what we would say is that, yes, it's a, it's, it's a TV show, so he shouldn't... He, it'd be crazy if he came in and was the perfect educator because it's a TV show about drama. But considering how it, his storyline ended with revealing he was the perfect educator, and we're like, no! He, sh- <laughs> he should have been fired for the way that he was dealing with Archie. The fact that Archie didn't know that he wasn't going to graduate until the fall, and at no point did anyone at that school try to offer him supports to make him succeed, he should have been fired for that. To pull back from Mr. Honey by being like, actually, he was, a, he was the perfect man all along, is not... True. Not true. Yeah, it's like if it's like if at the end of um Hiram's storyline, like actually Hiram didn't commit any crimes at all. He never did. He was he was framed for all of his crimes. Like no, he did in fact put a hit out on Archie. Like, you can't at the end say he was just one thing when everything you showed us is not that. That is bad. That's not a twist. That's bad storytelling. <sighs> anyway, that's Riverdale. That's uh that is that season of Riverdale. It was. An uneven see. I can Aaron. Do you remember the season began with with the ending of the cult? Oh yeah, remember when we thought that Betty and uh, Alice were in Mexico? Yeah, it th- this this season had so many things, and some of it, some of it, I know we have to think. There's there's a missing three episode episodes. But I don't know if three story- episodes would do that. What's still hanging? Like what? What well, are the threads we need to put together? Charles. Charles and- graduation. Graduation. Um, there was. I guess Veronica. Something with Veronica and her dad. I will say that this episode only makes sense because Veronica and her dad technically made up. We also do know that Hermione and FP are leaving the show. But I mean, they'll they they'll they might. They're going to con- have to come back and film some stuff. Well, their contracts might still work for those three episodes because they might they might yeah. still technically be in this season. Because and the contract may have been for a certain number of episodes. Yeah, well, it's for at least seasons. So, so if those ones still technically count as this season, they might have. But those are going to have to be storylines. They're going to have to storyline somehow because. Yeah. You know, when they wrote this se- the season, they did write that in, I guess? I don't know. There's a lot of things that maybe would have been addressed in those episodes. We'll have to find out. But I do really feel like this episode might have been later on. And the, because of the way they blocked it, they were able to put it in here. Because it feels like you shouldn't have seen Mr. Honey standing at the... Um, blue velvet. If you were um, going to do this, if right you were going to do this one right away, because that does. Had, also, the only way can I can do that is that he literally went there to make sure it was shut down, which is why he's an angel. He he found some way. To, he 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 got Ethel in there because he knew that she would grab a tape, but then it would be revealed to Jughead that she got the tape from there. Like he can he can never directly interact. He can only interact through other people. Maybe. Well, because whenever he directly interacts, he knows he'll just mess it up somehow. He'll TP a boy. He'll. He, he... doesn't understand humans well enough. Yeah. He yeah. always takes it too far. He also doesn't have a degree in education because he's an angel. You know what? If he's an angel, I forgive Riverdale. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't know. Tell us what you think. Uh, this episode was obviously long because it was a season finale. There's a lot. But I think next week we're going to come in and we're going to talk about the... The, the season, season and just try more. to like 
tried to cosmic mind meld it together. Yeah. We're going to answer deep questions such as, what was Jughead's plan? Yeah, I'll... I'll I'll do some looking through my notes. I think you'll do some looking through your notes. We'll try to pick out some stuff that maybe didn't get picked up, didn't go anywhere. Um, I honestly thought with this Jughead writing out the um the the book, which might actually happen last season, that someone's going to find the book he read and think that he wrote out what they did because he's using everyone's names. Yeah, I was I was very nervous about that the entire episode. But, but especially considering how the ending is, all of them killing Mister Honey. They're like mm-hmm. they're gonna find Mr. Honey dead. They're gonna find this book, and it's gonna be like, well, did he did he write out the? We know that Jughead only writes true crime stories. <laughs> yeah, but but, he, but apparently he changed it to them saving Mr. Honey. So who knows? Who knows? Hit us up. Do the social meets podcast MOA podcast MOA on Instagram on Twitter on Gmail. Also, give us your ratings, reviews, subscriptions. We'll see you next week. <laughs> What are Charles and Chick up to? What did happen to Mr. Honey? How will these students' education fail at some point next year? Answers to all this and more next season of Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>